0: podcast this is review number 240 with a review of pacific rim i'm christopher schnazy
1: i'm carson Patrick.
0: and if you're joining us for the first time the spoiler warning podcast is a weekly film review program each week on the show carson patrick and i are going to dive in debate discuss and argue with the latest film releases hitting a theater near you each week we're going to try to bring you as many reviews as we can uh this week we just have a review of pacific rim but uh it's a movie that i've been excited to be talking about i don't know about i think carson was a little bit hating on it uh before it came out right
1: yeah i i I guess so
0: at at least compared to my excitement for it you were definitely not as
1: as... yeah i wasn't as on board the gravy train as uh as everyone on the internet was yeah
0: well some of us on the internet have an obsession with giant robots fighting giant monsters so
1: i didn't go around with big jaeger boner going like like so yeah (laughs)
0: um but yeah we are here to talk about that and uh yeah, I think that uh, I can just go ahead and say this now. I mean, you may or may not agree, but I think we'll probably have to have a spoiler section at the end of this episode um, because there are, I'm sure there's quite a few things that we could uh, bring up and talk about during that time. Uh, are, are you up for that, Carson?
1: Uh, I guess so. I don't know what exactly that would be, but
0: okay. Well, I just mean there's, there's different elements that in discussing this film we might want to uh, talk about and having a nice little spoiler section... That's true. The end might help us be able to talk about those things. Yes. All right, cool. So, I mean,
1: Spoilers, that'd... there are giant robots and there's giant monsters in the movie. <laughs> and they uh, eat the shit out of each other.
0: Yeah, which, uh, I mean, really, what more can you ask for? I mean, this is one of those films that I think before you go into it, you, like, of anything that's come out in the recent year, uh, I, I think... You have a pretty clear indication walking into this film what you're going to be exposed to, and I think there shouldn't be a lot of surprises uh, in this film. But I don't know. I mean, that, that's just that's just my way of looking at it. Uh, I don't know if you agree with that statement, Carson.
1: Um, I guess I I don't know. I guess it depends on how excited you were going in, or I don't know, because I feel like a lot of people online either had a, a love it or a hate it reaction to it. Yeah. Because um, some I'm, people were just all like, ah, I'm not on board, and other people were all into it. I, I don't know, it, it seemed to be pretty kind of mixed,
0: so. But, but I think it's just one of those things where it's like, like you signed up for one thing, and yeah, regardless of that quality, it delivers that thing.
1: Uh, I mean, if you were really excited when you first saw the trailer for this, then I'm pretty sure you'll be satisfied with the movie
0: yeah that's a better way of, of saying what uh what i was trying to say so <laughs> yeah but yeah uh, you, much... you'll
1: be like kanye west you'll be like
0: this is not
1: another robot movie
0: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um but yeah much like a Jaeger requires two pilots to uh control oh, the beast oh um...
1: i thought you were saying to drink <laughs> yeah to drink
0: um <laughs> this podcast requires two pilots to control so yeah
1: i don't want to be drifted into your memories okay i do not need to go revisit total recall
0: or uh, repo men
1: or repo men or safe house well
0: it's all right because i don't really want to go into your memories and revisit <laughs> uh, uh hang out with
1: alien <laughs>
0: uh, i don't know hannah or um <laughs> other movies like that <laughs> uh, but anyways why don't we take a break So, we can uh, try to sync with ourselves and get ready to review this. And while we're off doing that, people can listen to the trailer for Pacific Rim. And then when we come back, we'll be all synced up and we'll give everybody our thoughts.
2: Yeah. We always thought alien life would come from the stars, but it came from deep beneath the Pacific. What the hell is going on? Kaiju made land in San Francisco. The second attack hit Manila. Then the third one hit Cabo. Then we learned this was not gonna stop. In order to fight monsters, we created monsters of our own. We needed a new weapon. The Jaeger program was born. Two pilots, our minds, our memories, connected. And man and machine become one. Is pretty
0: cool pacific rim all right so here we have guillermo del, Toro, guillermo del toro's pacific <laughs> rim um, this is basically a film in which uh, you know one day off the uh, coast in the Pacific, this uh, rift opens up, this portal to another dimension, and this giant hulking beast comes out and just lays waste to San Francisco, and it's really bad, and it takes a long ass time for people to be able to kill this thing, and people are like, oh holy crap, that was very crazy, and uh, it was really the craziest thing anybody had ever seen until boom, another creature appears out of the Pacific comes walking out of the water and uh, lays waste to another city. And this begins to become a pattern, and uh, as a way of trying to protect, you know, our our awesome little planet that we live on from these monsters that are continually continually appearing um, in even larger sizes and in uh, even more frequent uh, timings, uh, we decide to build our own hulking robots to send into the Pacific to fight these creatures and uh, keep everybody alive. And uh, this story uh, takes place in the middle of this war that's been going on for however long it's been, and it follows a some of the last group of these Jaeger pilots, Jaeger being these giant robots that we built, as they're trying to be the last defense against um, a series of these kaiju that are coming out of the ocean. So, Carson, you were not very excited going in to see this film, but did seeing it... Uh, Did it live up to be more than what you expected from it? Or did it kind of turn out exactly as you feared? Um,
1: uh, I'm happy to report that uh, it was the other way around this time. I uh, went in not thinking this movie was going to be uh, anything spectacular. And uh, even though it had everything imaginable working against it, It still ended up being pretty freaking awesome. Like (laughs) this movie, I think, is the only reason, one of the I don't so I don't wanna say the only reason, but the major reason why it works, I think, is because of Guillermo del Toro. Like, I think it has all of the flaws of some of the movies that we both disliked uh, blockbuster movies that have come out either this year or last year or recent years that either both of us or one of us disliked um, i mean i'll just say it like the the like how the aliens or though the monsters come out of this dimension and like the big plan to stop them it's it's the plan that we always talk about and like even though like <laughs>
0: It's just pointed in another direction.
1: Yeah, even though, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not going into space. It's going. <laughs> They're into, like, all right, Carson.
0: Earth. Carson is really sick of these blue lasers being shot into space. How do <laughs> we point an orange laser from the center of the planet?
1: <laughs> so it has like that. It has it has you know an abundance of CGI, uh, which I was like, I you know I said many times, like, can we just get some guys in suits? I was still kind of. That way, because like this movie is so big that it doesn't even fit in the frame sometimes. Like, I I, I still wanted like some semblance of like what was going on and not in terms of like oh the camera was doing you know it was shaky or anything. Like they were statically shot fight scenes, but there's just like so much destruction and like beast on metal action. <laughs> that you can't see like you're just like what these things are so big um well, anyway in all
0: fairness that's a normal Thursday night for you
1: that is true um <laughs> I'm always fighting giant monsters in the Pacific Ocean I was, I
0: was going more for the beast on metal action
1: oh uh, yes of course yeah you know those late uh, night
0: Hollywood parties that you go to
1: <laughs> that's when the Jaeger really comes out um
0: <laughs> yeah, well a few hours later the Jaeger comes out
1: yeah exactly yeah <laughs> You're drifting into somewhere else, into the bathroom. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, like, there was that, and uh, there was a lot of, like, the, like, kind of cheesy seriousness that I thought kind of bogged down uh, White House down a little bit. Um, That was, you know, my complaint is that some some of it got a little too serious, like, but, Despite all of that, and I know there's some other things that I'm not thinking of right off the top of my head, but um, despite all that, the reason this movie works uh, more so than like White House Down or World War Z or um, some of the uh, Fast Six, like some of these other big movies that have come out this year, is that like Guillermo del Toro like is having a really fun time making this stupid movie. Like he's just like I don't care that this has all been done before. Like I'm doing my thing. And, like, you can literally hear him laughing and, like, doling out high fives in, like, every frame. Yeah. Because he's just, like, I, I mean, if you've ever seen Gerald del Toro at, like, Comic-Con or in interviews, like, he's just, like, the funniest guy who's just, like, I like movies, I like these kind of, like, genre movies. And he's giving it his all. And, like, I think there's a good, the tone of this movie is that, you know, it's, It's pretty silly all around so that's good because if it had just been you know lots of brooding seriousness it would have been dumb but like the fact that you've got Idris Elba practically yelling all of his lines I mean you can't say no when Idris Elba is like you want to die in here or you want to die in a Jaeger and you're just like (laughs) I want to die in a Jaeger like yeah
0: everybody Uh, looks at you in the theater you're like oh you guys weren't that into it (laughs)
1: Yeah, and then, you know, like, even, even like, I knew how his character was going to be resolved. Like, because we know in the trailer, he's all giving his big, you know, I'm, we're canceling the apocalypse speech, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, like, you knew that it was coming. But I was just, like, the second it started happening, I was like, oh, yeah, like, it's here. Yeah. He's going to do it. And, like, the stupid music that's playing, like, getting everybody all roused up, you know? I was like, yeah, man, like, I just... That was when, like, Guillermo del Toro, like everyone was slapping high fives. Was just like, we did it! But, um, yeah, dude, like, and I liked all the stuff. I mean, I really enjoyed, I wish the whole movie had been like uh, all the scenes with uh, Charlie Day and his scientist friend. Yeah. Who was hilarious. Like, Charlie Day is great in this movie. Uh, dare I say, he's probably the best, like, comedic scientist, sidekick relief Sid's goldblum in independence day
0: well like honestly i thought he was a little bit overdoing it um he was but a, i think
1: him and that that other guy he was with were like the perfect team up
0: no no no, no, no they, they were a great team together i just mean that he was like okay so like goldblum was awesome in independence day but i don't think he was necessarily comedic relief uh he was just a little bit quirky. Like if you look at uh, the guy who plays Data in Star Trek, um, that guy who worked at Area 51 in Independence oh, Day, yeah. like, he was more supposed to be like comic, like oh everything's so excited and cool. Like it seemed like Charlie Day was like I'm gonna borrow a little bit of that and then just go batshit crazy and just be soup. Like he seemed like he had been uh, snorting some of that uh, kaiju dong or whatever the hell. It was. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, he was just a little bit too – and and I don't mean that as, like, a complete complaint. I just, like – it took me about two minutes of him on screen before I settled into being okay with it because when it first started, I was like, whoa, 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 who are you, like, trying to overact for? He's playing
1: J.J. Abrams on cocaine, okay?
0: (laughs) Pretty much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, like, I I ate everything. Like, I was laughing pretty hard when, like, that – Weird, like the other scientist guy just like tripped over some like kaiju attestants. I don't know, his like mannerisms were just like so ridiculous.
0: That well, that was making me
1: laugh. There, and there's a
0: scene where those two guys try to, uh, uh I don't want to say embrace each other, but they they try to sh- share a congratulatory moment together <laughs> and. The way that works out, like my entire theater erupted in laughter. Like it was just, it was like, that was their, pretty awesome. Their chemistry as a duo was, was definitely, uh, well done in this film.
1: Um, so anyway, like all the stuff with them and like, um, Ron Perlman and all these like weird Kaiju, getting Kaiju organs and stuff like that stuff was all cool. Cause it was like, they were, you know, actually up close with these like monsters and that was like that was like vintage del toro because it was like creepy looking weird stuff and it was actual like you know uh prosthetics and and practical like monsters and stuff like up close so like that was all cool like when they like took out those little bugs and stuff and like when he first walks into ron perlman's like place and he's all freaking out and or geeking out over all the all the like Uh, kaiju organs that they have and stuff yeah like that kind of stuff i i felt like i wish like the whole movie had been that level of weird i i don't think they would have funded that movie if it had just been like that you know all of that kind of stuff but uh i i still think that like having um in in between all of these like big monster fights like having likable characters was a huge plus for this movie because if all of these characters had just been boring like imagine if if it wasn't charlie day or if it was just charlie day playing it straight like it would just be so boring like yeah it, you have like these uh, ron perlman not dressed the way that he was or playing the character the way he did i mean you would just been sitting there going like such a a missed opportunity and um so I'm glad that it wasn't because that was the kind of thing those were the kind of things that I I felt pushed it over the edge in terms of being a lot more special and a lot more awesome entertaining than your typical uh summer blockbuster because I mean like all like all these other ones that I wasn't on board with this year like you know they didn't feel like that they were being directed with like a sense of fun to me yeah. like it didn't feel like like I said, like it felt like this movie Geralt del Toro was just like having a blast, just sitting back and like watching this stuff unfold. And in these other movies, you don't get a sense of that. So um, that I think is what really makes this movie. And uh, I liked a lot of the. I mean, you know, I, I'm sure you will agree, but like the world building in this movie is pretty awesome. Like I, I think that it felt like even though some of the stuff is like, is very familiar, but um, at least the, the idea of this world with the monsters and the, and the big robots, like they, there was definitely effort put into the fact of like trying to create this whole system, you know, like how these robots work and you need the two pilots and all this stuff. And, and all of that, like there was, it wasn't just, I mean, it obviously did kind of feel like, well, we just want to make a movie where giant robots fight giant monsters, but at least they they were padding it with like something a little more. It wasn't just like, all right, we're going to throw it on there and that's it. Um so yeah, I mean, that was that was also a lot better. And and even like in the the Transformers movies, like they have these big epic action sequences and there's a lot of globe trotting in those movies, but this movie, I think, trumps all of those in terms of, like, it felt super, you know, international, like, with the cast and everything, but then it also just felt big. Like, I mean, like, that's the main thing, is that, like, you have these giant creatures and these giant machines, and... The movie lives up to their scale. Like I, even like with the the giant robots and transformers, you still don't you still don't get the sense of like, oh yeah, there's these giant robots walking down the street or whatever that just transformed out of a car or whatnot. Yeah. Like you, like it's still the action may be big and grand and everything, but you never got the sense of like, whoa, this is you know, effing big, you know? Yeah, That's well, what, it, it wasn't
0: until yeah. Transformers 3 when you had the giant tentacle worm thing that was, like, going through buildings. Yeah, I mean, there's, going some, there's some
1: big stuff. But even then, like, this is just, like, you get a sense, like, when they're walking through, like, the big, uh, like, hangar thing that they have in Hong Kong, like, you get the sense of, like, this is a big-ass place. Like, you almost want to know, like, how long did it take to build the bunker that houses all of these yeah. Jaegers, you know, it's like you, you see them like kind of building that wall and you're just like, oh, the, that other place must have taken way longer. Like I just, it's, you know, stuff you don't think about in this movie. But it's just also just gives you a sense of like how large of a scale the movie is.
0: Well, see, like that that's, that's what I think this film did. um the smart thing that they went for is that rather than show us the first kaiju attack and have us actually experience that and then experience the ramp up of creating the Jaegers and going through the system um, and like trying to compress the entire Jaeger war into this one film, we are just entering in partway through uh, this thing and and yes, it requires us to have exposition handed to us um, by our main character and stuff like that, but it works because rather than having to like, it's like convince us that this amount of time passed in a certain way. um, We're able to actually just like jump in like, okay, cool. We get it. This is what happened. This is how it started. However much time has passed. That's cool. All we know is that we've defeated Jaegers in the past or sorry, we defeated Kaiju in the past. And now we have a subset of Jaegers that are left that have survived. And uh, we're trying to hold off anything that's coming um, here moving forward. And I, I think it, it just it this film kind of boils away all the extra crap that gets inserted in most films i mean even with um you know you you said there's a few uh, things that um that kind of elements that in other films like uh olymp or not oblivion olymp- but uh white house down that like kind of made things a little bit slogging moments for you This film has all the elements and tropes that would bring down another action movie like throwing in like family relationships and love interests and junk like that. But the film never wastes time on those. It just has those emotions communicated by moments in the film but doesn't like, okay, let's stop the whole movie so they can explain to us why these two characters care about each other and then like – try to make one of them have to be gone for some reason. Like, this film, like, the best way to show that is, um, let's just say that there's a moment in this film where in any other film, certain characters would have started making out. But in this film, like, they just do, like, a whew, that's cool, and, like, clank foreheads together, and they're like, cool, that's it. Like, there's no need to take this beyond what... Um, what it is in this moment, because these two people are just stoked that um, this moment has passed and not uh, <laughs> not worried about trying to make babies like they would be in a normal action movie. You yeah, know but I mean? she
1: was totally checking them out <laughs> and through that people. <laughs> no, no, I no, mean, no, she was like.
0: But that, that's what I'm saying. Like all that. I'll stuff,
1: drift into that.
0: Yeah, but th- that's <laughs> the thing though. Is is all those things are still present in the film? The film just doesn't waste time on those. Like trying to. Um, trying to be that well I mean don't get me wrong their, their little like you know staff fight scene in the center is like you know that that's clearly supposed to take the place of them like rolling around in a bedroom later on uh, you know <laughs> you know what I mean like it's it's supposed to be highly sexualized and they're both like I mean it, directly following that scene he's like oh come on you know what that was in there you know what I mean like
1: yeah I mean it's not it's yeah they don't spend a lot of time on it and it's
0: yeah yeah because like it's not needed it's just fluffed off and like even even with uh, the tech stuff, they give you just enough techs, tech information and, and uh, you know voiceovers and uh, scientists talking to explain what's happening. But they don't waste time like trying to convince you that it works. They just like will throw out some words that you'll pick up and everything will be good. And if you really want to think about it more, you can. But uh, we're not concerned with that because this isn't about how the Jaegers were created. This is about these pilots who are used to Jaegers experiencing their thing. Um, so like, I, I just love the way that worked and I mean the, the kaiju the, what limited kaiju backstory we have uh, the way we get that information and what that information is is highly taken um, from Independence Day uh, the Jaegers themselves and how the Jaegers work is highly taken from Evangelion um, th- this, this film definitely walks a fine line between homage and straight plagiarism Uh, at times but i can't fault it because you do really get that sense that uh it's not it's not being copied because like oh this is the way it's supposed to be it's somebody who loves um the that source material wanting to do his own take like not necessarily his own take but like present that information in a way that we haven't seen it before i mean it's through his eyes yeah and like like one way you can tell that like this is really his, uh, Guillermo del Toro's, like, vision and stuff, is, like, the studio stepped in and forced him to post-convert this to, to 3D. Um, I mean, the, the fa- sheer fact that he was filming it not in 3D is, like, evidence that, like, when the studio was like, hey, this has got to be 3D, he's like, well, I wasn't intending this to be 3D. They forced him to do it, so he turned it around, at least from what I've heard, and forced them to pay to go back and re-render all the CG in 3D. Yeah. So instead of, like, a normal movie would be like, well, here's the movie, now go have the entire thing post-converted. He was like, no, screw it, if you really want it 3D, we're going to go back, we're going to go to all the source files that we've made of all this 3D stuff and re-render all that stuff so that you get a true 3D presentation of those big action moments that are all heavily CG anyways. Um, So it's like, he definitely wanted this thing to be experienced in a certain way and wanted it to be the biggest experience that, uh, that you could get. And, like, I... I love the crap out of this movie. Like I thought it was, I thought it was great. And like, even though I feel like a lot of the, the tech side of things was taken from Evangelion, everything from like basically the drifting to, um, I mean, obviously giant machines fighting giant monsters is the same, but the idea that like, there's like these creatures are suddenly appearing and they're starting to appear with more frequency and we're sort of the last line of defense. Um, even like the, the scene up in the beginning, I, the idea that all the major, uh, superpowers of the world have come together to create this program that is the Jaeger program, essentially in Evangelion, it's the same thing, er, even down to the fact that like, um, Idris Elba, like he's standing in front of all those monitors talking to all the superpowers and he kind of has to, uh, you know, like all those people, he is sort of under their, like, he has to get their permission to do things, um they have a say in whether or not his program survives, like that stuff is straight out of Evangelion. Um But like, it, it's, it's awesome. Like, and, and then the one thing that I really, really liked um, is, you know, like, we've talked already about this idea of the the two pilots um control the Jaegers. And it's, and it's, uh you know, like, as human beings, we have two hemispheres from our brain. And or in our brain and you know they say that like you know the right side the right hemisphere controls the left side of the body left hemisphere controls the right side of the body in this film there's a scene where uh, the main actor dude he's like oh uh, can I take this side I want to control the left arm and he goes to the right side of the robot like I, I thought that was kind of badass like the idea that like, they're literally mimic- mimicking the, the two hemispheres of the brain, and this drift is is part of that cross-through that our brain has with one side's talking to the other. Like, yeah. there, there's just a lot of little things like that, and they don't spend time. They, they No one ever says that, like, oh, well, if you want to control the right arm, you got to be on the left side. Like, it's just that yeah. sort of thing is communicated sort of there in the film without you... Without beating you over the head with it, they're just doing little clever things like that, and like I like that kind of stuff. I really loved.
1: That's an example of how this movie is uh, not Battleship. It's better than something like that. Yeah, there's more creativity put into it than just, well, the aliens, you know, are calling their friends back, and that's it, you know, and explosions, boom, bang, and we're done. Yeah. Um. This, I mean, this had, like I said, this has a similar plot device, but I'd be lying if I said that I wasn't like completely invested in the fact that, like, you know, I, I hope they, I hope they win. Like, like I was just like, (laughs) not only do I hope they win, but. I didn't get the, the sense like I do in all these movies where I'm just like, okay, the Avengers are going to win because they're, they're, they're the Avengers, you know? Like yeah. I, I wasn't sitting there going like, well, we're the humans and we're awesome and we're in giant robots, we're clearly the winners. Like, I was just like, how are, like, yeah. I, I, I didn't get the sense of like, well, we're going to win this one, guys. Yeah. Like, I was actually like,
0: we might not and also one of the things like specifically using your Avengers uh, example is the the Avengers is a super team of, you know, however many people it is, like five people or six. Like, I guess, depending if you count all the non super people. Yeah. Um, it, it's a small group of people and they are chosen because uh, they are the only ones that can do this. In this film, at the point in time where, like, all the crap is hitting the fan, like, we've already lost Jaegers all around the world. Like, this isn't a thing where... Um. Oh, yeah. These these like three Jaegers and their pilots are these awesome dudes that have been going around the world just destroying all the the bad kaiju. Like, we have like lots of people have died in the five years between. Um, yeah, it
1: wasn't like they were the we built these unstoppable machines.
0: Yeah, it, it was like
1: the the monsters adapted to kill the machines.
0: Yeah, like they're, yeah. they're they they are coming at increasingly large sizes, increasing uh numbers or. or a uh, diminishing number, uh, duration of time before each attack, and it's just like it's one of those things where like you really get a sense, uh, like a, an oh shit sense in this film. Like I mean, the first big action scene in this film, which happens pretty much right away, is you watching a kaiju just obliterate uh, uh, one of the jagers, and it, it's it is like horrifically violent too. Like it's not like I, I I'd be curious what uh, younger children seeing this film. Uh, how they would see it but like when I was watching it I was kind of in awe at like like I mean obviously because in in some sense it's it's two things boxing right like part of the fights are just two big objects punching the crap out of each other and it's like okay well that's like boxers but when when, like weird shark-headed beings are just jabbing their heads through uh, like they're just there's an incredible amount of damage taking place to the surrounding structures to the, like there's as much damage as a super uh, man of steel fight um, happening, but it's giant robots <laughs> just <laughs> obliterating everything around them. Like, it's pretty crazy.
1: Uh, I, I I mean, when I was watching this movie, I was like, if I was like 10 or 12 years old, this would be like my favorite movie ever. Um, yeah.
0: I, I just mean, I, 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 I don't know how,
1: the... yeah. I don't know how kids today would react. They'd probably be like, this is dumb. I don't
0: know. Well, no, like I, I think that they'd be excited. I just don't know if they would comprehend yeah. the level of uh, I don't know, like horrific damage. Like the like they're just seeing a giant robot getting smashed to bits, the same way you see it in in Transformers. But th- for some reason, I I don't I don't know why, but to me it seemed like remember the complaint not complaint, but remember the thing I mentioned during uh, Oblivion where I was like, dude, vaporizing humans is pretty like disturbing. Like, I had a se- yeah. similar sense of the, in that fir- when that first uh, Jaeger just gets um, completely destroyed. Like, I was like, holy crap, that is intense.
1: Well, I mean, depending on, you know, most kids nowadays, I guess, are so desensitized because by the age of 10, they've already seen, like, every Saw movie. Yeah. So it doesn't matter and all these other way worse films. But uh, I-, I was going to make a joke and say, like, I guess the internet community won't. Give this movie crap because they actually showed people going into a kaiju bunker when they attack. They won't just be like, there was just mindless destruction at the end or whatever, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and, but, and, and the – anytime there's multiple Jaegers involved in a fight, there's always one Jaeger that, that stays back to protect the Miracle Mile and try to be the last resort. Like they're always attempting to engage um, – yeah, they're the trying to the not shore.
1: destroy as much as they can, but, yeah. I mean, there would be no fun in that if we didn't get some destruction.
0: And I will say, uh, in Evangelion, it's a little bit crazier because they don't... Like, these these uh, things don't always just show up from the same rift in the center of the Pacific Ocean. Like, they they randomly appear at different places on the planet uh, at different times, mm. and uh, they're... Yeah, it's, it's a little bit crazier, because it's like, oh, crap, we got now there's, they call them angels in that, and you're like, oh, there's now an angel in this area, or there's suddenly an angel just falling from space, and, <laughs> and we got to deal with it, and we have no clue uh, how to do that, you know, like, it's it's that sort of thing, Um, but it is kind of awesome that, like, they have, like, they have, like, a, a countdown clock in the same style as uh, like Battlestar Galactica where it's like, okay. And, uh, any minute now we're going to have another kaiju popping out of the, the ocean trying to get us. Yeah. Let, let me ask you this, Carson. Um, what did you think of the creature designs? Cause I've heard some other podcasters complaining that the creature designs weren't done very well. Um, do you feel yeah, the same that way? was,
1: that was an issue. One of the issues I had was that they, they all kind of looked the same to me. um, I didn't think there was anything that was really like had a wow factor to them. I mean, they they all just look kind of look like sea demons or something. Like I, I don't know. It feels like we've we've seen these designs before and in, in in other movies, like, but in different forms. And like the only thing, I don't know, like the only time I liked uh, was when the creature came in um, the bunker and was like looking at Charlie day and that like weird sea enemy thing came out. Yeah. That was cool. But like some of it, I think maybe some of it had to do with the fact that like these monsters are moving around so quick. Like you never get a sense of like what they really look like because they're always just, you know, they're in like the ocean and they're fighting the, the Jaegers and you know, they're punching through buildings or whatever. And, um, I don't know. you, you don't really get to see one full-on very much, but, uh, yeah, that was something where I was just like, I don't know, like, something about the monsters seemed more silly to me and not scary. But, I mean, I guess maybe that, like, fits into the whole, like, old-school Godzilla mode or something, you know? Like, but, yeah, well, like, I, I didn't, I wasn't completely sold on the creature designs,
0: but... See, I, I, until the big climactic battle, um, I, I was super on board because, like, for me, it was really easy to identify the differences and, and like the basis for each of the creatures. I mean, to me, that first Kaiju is uh, the Kaiju, <laughs> the, the, the first Kaiju, the first Kaiju is to me was very shark-like. You know, it had like that pointed nose. It was, it was very much trying to like that was kind of what it was inspired. Even though the body wasn't really shark-like, it, it felt like that yeah. was sort of what it was designed after there's one later on that's more like hammerhead sharky uh there's there's like the gorilla-esque one um there's one that's clearly like bat-esque uh yeah like th- there's a i bunch mean they, of different... they all
1: have their different features no doubt but like for some reason they still looked all the same to me i don't know that doesn't make any sense but
0: yeah i don't know for for me it really wasn't until the the final one that appears uh that I was starting to confuse them. Like, cause usually I could tell, um, even, even in scenes where there, there was multiple at once, like there's that, that shot in the trailer where, um, the one jumps up behind the Russian one. Yeah. And uh, that, that's the gorilla style one. And then it's fighting, uh, the more bat like one, uh, at the time. Um, and I think that, like, even, even in those moments, it was really easy for me to tell them apart. But, like, towards the end, when it's when most of the stuff is happening, like, underwater, um, and, like, one of them was clearly supposed to be larger than the other one, it was hard to tell whether I was looking at the larger one or the smaller one at any given moment. Yeah. But I, don't know, I, I was just curious your thought, because I, I didn't have as much of a problem as, like, because I've heard it from multiple people kind of complaining about that. Um, and I know that you often complain about not being able to tell different things apart when it's shot in a certain way. So I, I wanted to know if that had a similar. Yeah. Video.
1: Well, I mean, like I said, the, the action scenes are all shot. Well, like that I mean, the, like camera wise. But like I said, there's so much in the frame that you're just like, I don't know what's going on at certain times. Yeah. Like there's that scene where the, the one like pops through a building and you're just like, what? Like you just like, you know, kudos to all the animators who had to like animate every little, you know, piece of debris that was like flying around, but you're just like Well, they got they got
0: simulators for that stuff now.
1: Yeah, I know, but it's just like there's a lot going on. Not not just like beast metal action, but a lot of other stuff going on.
0: Like beast building action.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're just like that's a lot. To view in a frame, like and, and I, I I feel like he shot it that way, so you get the sense of like it's too big for this movie. Yeah, uh, it's these things are huge. But I will say I did like the design of the of the Jaegers, like they had a they had a unique look to them.
0: Yeah, and I like how a certain each, style to them. I like how they, each Jaeger piloted by a different company or country was very much. Made in the style that reflected that country. Yeah,
1: it was a tribute. Yeah, it was. It had their own little nuances. Yeah, like I, I love depending that, like, on who
0: was piloting it. I love that, that the Russian one is like it just looks like a freaking submarine. It's just like huge. Like it looks like the old uh, diving tanks that you would like. You yeah, know, like people would put on and like walk on the bottom of the ocean. It was. Yeah, sad. it does. I like that. Though I don't know the uh, on on Gypsy Danger, the weird little like shoulder. Things that like hang up, I don't. I never understood what those were. There's like the little, little flaps that kind of hang up next on on each shoulder. <laughs> he's popping his collar. I know. No, seriously. Like that's that's as far as I could tell. That's the only thing that did.
1: That's uh, that's how you know he's dangerous. Gotcha. I I, I don't know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, I was hoping you can shed some light on that, but I guess you can't. I, do I don't
1: have any light to shed on that one.
0: Uh, well, luckily, the Jaegers have lights in the helmets or in they, the, they do, in the yeah. heads that can uh, shine and all that stuff.
1: Dude, it doesn't matter when he has a freaking elbow rocket, okay? That's right. Yeah.
0: Did you by any chance get to look online at the the featurette about how they did the inside of the Jaeger cockpits?
1: I, I didn't, no.
0: Okay, well, they, I'll have
1: to look at it now because I didn't want to look at it before I saw the movie. Yeah, yeah. In case there was like people spoiling bits or anything. I don't know.
0: It's definitely cool. You should check it out. But uh, one thing that's interesting is like on YouTube, they had several different featurettes that were all split up. But now Apple has one 13-minute fi- featurette, which is all those things that I'd watched independently on oh, okay. on YouTube, kind of like slammed together in one. But uh, you can – there you go. It's all in its HD glory. You can go check it out. Oh, there we go. And I would recommend anybody who's listening who's already seen the film uh, to go ahead and check out that featurette also because – it is pretty slick. Yeah, I was uh, I was excited. Like I, I, really liked the way the inside of the cockpits worked and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, that that whole aspect of it was cool. Like the 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 set design for the inside of the robots, their like little robot compound bunker, and uh, especially all the stuff in uh, Hong Kong, like that had a real. Not only like a unique, but it had like a, had like an old school type of feel to it where it's like, yeah, we can tell that they're on sets, but like that was only adding to the flavor of it. It wasn't like how in Avengers I was complaining that everything looked fake because there was, it just looked like there was nothing to it. It was just like, we're here on soundstage B and, you know, yeah. Albuquerque or whatever. And uh, this was just like, there's a lot of richness and, you know, a lot of cool things going on in the background and, and you know, when, like I said, when, like, Charlie Day walks into uh, Ron Perlman's uh, place that he, you know, all of that stuff is just, that's the kind of stuff that uh, I think Guillermo del Toro is really good at. It. Like, does, you know, all the, like, weird designs of these fantastical worlds and stuff like that. Like that's where he excels, and that's what makes it stand apart from, you know, you know, Joe Blow summer blockbuster or whatever. Yeah. In my opinion.
0: No, I definitely agree, and I, I and also I love just the idea of the Bone District in Hong Kong, and and just the idea that, um, yeah, there's all this death and destruction, but there's still people trying to make a buck, like harvesting yeah. all these parts from all these fallen. Uh, and kaiju that are that are getting taken out everywhere like it's i don't don't know why but i really enjoyed that that aspect of the plot
1: that's something that when you get in these monster movies it's like well yeah like when the monsters die like what do they do with them and this kind of has an answer to that where it's like oh well like these people have found you know we found ways to use the like dead parts of all these huge monsters and yeah that that stuff's pretty
0: clever I love that it's it's this random white guy that runs like the kaiju gangs in Hong Kong. <laughs> uh, yeah, his Ron Perlman's reasoning for
1: choosing his uh, his like Asian name, it's pretty good.
0: It was good times.
1: Yeah, you know that you know back when he was uh, running a pizza joint with <laughs> Albert Brooks before he became this kaiju organ organ uh, guy.
0: When his car got shot into the ocean, <laughs> it was it was the kaiju rising up that actually ended up saving him inadvertently. Yeah, saved him. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, no, he he actually swam to Hong Kong. That's right. Yeah, and he just he just picked up his life there. He's like, I'm gonna become Hannibal Chow. I'm no longer uh, you know whoever.
0: Um, but yeah. Uh, anything else you want to say before we uh, close this out and get into spoilers? Uh, no, not really. Cool. All right. Well, uh, what do you say we just get to our verdict then, Uh, Carson? If you were going to give this a must-see, reckon with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or must-avoid, what would you give it? Um,
1: I think the movie falls, like, pretty heavily on a recommend. But I think that it's upgraded to a must-see just for the fact that, like, this movie is so big you need to see it on the biggest screen like your your stupid little you know tablet phone that uh you know samsung galaxy guy gave you is not gonna cut it okay
0: i don't know man have you seen how big that screen is
1: (laughs) dude when i look away from it it pauses itself okay
0: i know but but you'll never be looking away from this movie not even to get rob's phone number
1: No, not even if Lyle's like, hey, man, what's up? Um, But yeah, like even your, you know, 55-inch widescreen 1080p television is not going to hold this movie, okay? So your 3D James Cameron-approved Panasonic avatar, you know, TV is not good enough for this movie. You need to see it on a giant screen and not at home.
0: Well, Carson, what if you have an eighty-inch Sony Bravia 4K screen? No, no. What if you have a? I don't care if you have that one TV. Hundred and eight-inch with, uh, with
1: Garth Davis telling you about uh, whatever, and the chicks playing the piano in the ocean.
0: <laughs> and I don't cl- care. Everybody's climbing the ladder up to They're the climbing spaceship. the
1: ladder. There's like the District Nine ship there, and <laughs> no.
0: All right. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely going to agree with you. Um, uh, this is this is like a full-blown must-see for me. I mean, I I really love this film. Uh, it's It still makes me sad that if they make an Evangelion film, it's just going to feel like a rip-off of this now um, because there are so many similarities there. But uh, who knows? Maybe they will make a live-action one and maybe... Um, you know the the deeper symbolism of what the Jaeger equivalent is in those films uh, will be more impressive and hopefully separate those stories but as far as this one goes I loved it you can tell as you said Guillermo had a lot of fun making it and uh, yeah I just uh, I thought it was incredible I'm definitely going to have to check this out again Uh, you know I might I don't know if I'll have time to uh, get to the theater to see it again so maybe one day I'll have to watch it on my computer sadly but uh <laughs> everyone else you should definitely be seeing this in theaters cuz it's freaking awesome yes It's so, yeah, your time
1: yeah i mean like like we said it's it's also purely a must see because of of him just like, i just i can just imagine him sitting in his director's chair like laughing hysterically he's like oh. like i could see like remember that scene where Like, they're first walking into the bunker, and the guy, like, is driving a little cart, and he gets, like, he stops abruptly and he gets, like, really pissed.
0: (laughs) Because he's in the way?
1: Yeah, he was in the way. Like, I just see Guillermo somewhere, like, just laughing at a monitor.
0: Well, if you watch that 13 minute featurette, you'll see uh, several moments where he's laughing.
1: (laughs) I do. I just, yeah, dude. Like, that's how you know this movie is uh, a cut above the rest.
0: You can also see some good jokes with uh, Charlie Day, who's always like, He's pointing to Garamo, and he's like, who is that guy? Every time somebody yells cut, he comes over and tries to tell me how to do my role. (laughs) It's pretty funny. All right. Well, uh, that is the end of this review. As I said, we are going to close out the show and then get into a spoiler talk. Uh, So for now, Carson, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh,
1: You can go to practicalcandy.wordpress.com, where I actually uh, finally – made another uh, entry to so you can check that out I wrote a I wrote like a really long uh, feature about how Adam Sandler has been trolling us <laughs> with his movies um, my theories
0: there you go uh, yeah uh, people can find me over at Christopher in or twitter.com slash Christopher IRL you can find the podcast over at spoiler Warning.com where you can get all the back episodes of the show you can follow us on Twitter to figure out when these episodes go live at twittercom spoiler warning or like us on Facebook at facebookcom the warning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at or call and leave us a voicemail at 760 575 4TSW. That's 760 575 4879. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to uh, Pacific Rim. So hopefully that is brahming in your ear right now and uh, hopefully you're enjoying that. So cool. Um, there's a crap ton of stuff that's coming out next week, right? Oh yeah, we big weekend Co- next week. Conjuring, uh, R.I.P.D. Uh, yeah, y- your, Red your Two. Your favorite film, Red Two. And yeah. uh, There's another one coming out too, isn't there?
1: Uh, Turbo, obviously.
0: Wasn't there another thing besides Turbo? Because I wasn't even including that in. <laughs> there's the list. only
1: God Forgives.
0: Is that coming out wide?
1: That is. Uh, I don't know if it's. It's not coming out wide, but I did see it's going to be available on iTunes.
0: I could have. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's getting a, a VOD release. It's getting a, a VOD slash
1: uh, same day in the theaters release.
0: But I could have sworn there was four things coming out that I actually wanted to see. Uh, well, there's Turbo. But Turbo's definitely not one of those. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I
1: I don't know. I don't think those those are the only movies.
0: All right. Well, either way, you're gonna have a crap ton of reviews coming out, um, which is gonna be gnarly. But We'll figure out how we're gonna do this
1: <laughs> well you know now they do all these Thursday shows that start at like 7 so you can catch one like pretty early
0: yeah I will see if I can uh, try to do that. But anyways yeah thank you guys for listening uh, if you've already seen the film or if you don't care about spoilers go ahead and stay through this is music that's playing right now because we're gonna have a small spoiler section coming up next and everyone else thank you for listening uh, Carson thank you for joining me
1: Yep, thank you for having me again.
0: And um, we'll see the rest of you guys next time. who is still with us uh, this is now officially spoiler territory so you can assume that if you're still listening we are going to spoil elements of this film that you may not want spoiled for you because you may want it to be a surprise um so yeah i mean obviously uh you didn't think necessarily that there's anything to be talking about spoilers for carson but there were a few things that i just kind of wanted to go over um i mentioned before uh that there were, like, some very striking similarities to, like, Independence Day uh, as far as the story of what the kaiju were and and, and uh, what they were doing and what their plan was and stuff like that. Uh, I just real fast wanted to recap that. Like, the – because obviously in a story like this where there's some creature um, alien in nature – like, like go back to, like, Battle LA, which I know uh, nobody was a fan of. Um yeah. It, In that, you have these creatures that show up on the planet and start, like, blowing everything up. Um, And we have to kind of infer from the activities they're doing on our planet what their purpose is for being there because we we don't understand their language. We don't have a way to communicate with them. Um, So we just had, like, well, you know, it seems like they're taking out the population centers and, like, they want our natural resources, so that must be why they're here. Um, You know, anytime you're dealing with a creature that isn't of human, like isn't human and doesn't speak English or whatever language your film happens to be in. Uh, It's hard to tell why a creature was there. So in in independence day, you have the scene where, uh, you know, the president comes up to the glass and there's all the smoke and then boom, the alien presses the creature and he has the tentacle wrapped around uh, the doctor's neck and he speaks through him. And then he uses telekinetic powers to go into the president's head And he sees the flashes of like, oh, they're traveling from planet to planet, harvesting all the resources, and they move on to the next planet. Um, So like, it's literally a psychic connection that is used to tell an individual um, what the process of these creatures is, and then they communicate it to the film and to the rest of the cast members. Um, This film, Charlie Day, (laughs) using a tentacle machine thing, (laughs) connects up to The alien creature, and then shares a telepathic link, and that's how they get why they're here and what they're doing, what their plan is. Um, So that was that was like already like okay, same thing, that's fine. But then when he actually tells what the plan is, how they're moving from planet to planet, harvesting all the natural resources, I don't know, it it felt a little like. Luckily, they didn't spend very much time on it, and he kind of just blows through it, and it's supposed to be he does it in sort of a comedic way. But did it feel a little too cheap, like that it was literally the same plot?
1: Uh, no, because I feel like these alien invasion movies always recycle the same, some of the same elements, you know, from other movies. I, I don't think there's, there's one alien movie that is just completely original in a sense. Like they all have like similar features.
0: No, and, and that, that is true. Like granted, I, w- I will totally concede that and like let you have that one, but it, it just it it felt strikingly sim- similar also considering like they didn't spend any time since we didn't like what they communicated in the flashes definitely didn't communicate that. Like all you really see is them building kaijus and sending them to the portal and yeah. then he quickly ramps up and it seems like he's just giving a bulleted list of exactly the plot of Independence Day from the alien standpoint. So I, I don't know just in that moment I was like eh. and then like directly following that. Um, when Charlie Day goes into the whole dinosaur thing, that, it felt like their, their one unique thing that they brought to the table was that uh, dinosaurs on this planet were the first attempt at kaijus, and they had to be smaller for some reason because the atmosphere at that time, but then they threw in, like, the M. Night Shyamalan thing, like, well, they, now that we've, like, been creating great greenhouse gases and, like, polluted our planet with CO2, now the kaijus can live. Like, it... I don't know. That just felt really clunky. Like that was their like they were like, "Okay, let's take Independence Day, but we don't want to make it the same." Okay, now we'll include dinosaurs in that, and just something about that didn't really make sense to me.
1: Uh, That it didn't strike me the same way, but uh, yeah, I'm glad they didn't like linger on it. Uh, It's never good in a in a movie when someone has to when when they spend too much time explaining exactly why. The aliens are there
0: yeah uh, and, and I, I know that Guillermo does try to take uh, things that we know from our past and create sy- not symbolic links but basically use pre-existing knowledge of things in the context of his film like if you look at don't be afraid of the dark or whatever it was called um, you have the idea of like our legends of the tooth fairies or, or of tooth fairies comes from these weird creatures in the film and the history of what those things are um, yeah, and and i generally really like that sort of thing like uh there was a similar thing i think in mama um where i i forget exactly what it was but there's another thing where it's like it's like taking existing things that you know and kind of not not flipping them on their head but like creating a, a, a another alternate reason for that to exist in your story and like i, I think that kind of stuff's cool in general but the just the idea of like these aliens made dinosaurs on the planet um, when like we know that dinosaurs were like the thing that were on the planet during that time. And then before they went extinct, it wasn't like there were so many humans on the planet that these dinosaurs like were wiping them out. And some like to, for that to make sense in the context of the story, it seems like the humans would have had to been the result, like the thing that killed all the dinosaurs. Yeah. But I don't know. That's, That's a little bit nitpicky, um, but I just, that was one thing that kind of, like, took me out of the film for, (laughs) like, that whole scene. And I was just, like, thinking about it, like, what? What? That makes no sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I basically was just wondering why they weren't using more of those, like, chest missiles more often.
0: (laughs) Apparently. Apparently only the Aussies have those.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But, no, what you did say about how, like, and we were talking about in this uh, uh, the stakes being high in the sense that like we built a lot of Jaegers and a lot of people died and they got destroyed. Um, y- you get a sense of that in the, the, the fight in the ocean where like they, they established that there's this like badass uh, Asian trio of Jaeger dudes who are just all, they're called like the typhoon. Yeah, And you get a sense that they're like, yeah, they've got like four arms and, and shit on their Jaeger. And then they get like taken out single-handedly <laughs> by this like crazy sea monster. And you're just like, oh, well, I thought, you know, they're gone. Like they're done. And they barely like, they just got dropped into the ocean. So, yeah. Yeah. But that that whole sequence was just like... <laughs> I mean, if you were to recount that sequence, it would kind of be like uh, the Michael Bay thing in South Park, like beep because there's just so much like <laughs> I don't know what you're talking. About. You know, like when Michael Bay is like in that one South Park episode where he's like explosions, bird. He's like explaining it. It sounds like really goofy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I felt like because he's just like ah, oh, we got we got an ocean liner and uses his baseball bat. Then it spits acid, but then he's got wings and he flies. But here's and then the they're thing. Like, here's
0: the thing though, the the uh the oil tanker thing as a bat, I mean, that just harkens back to the scene in the middle where they're fighting with the bow staffs and like, you know, practicing like that's just two people who are clearly good at fighting with a staff um using found objects as a staff. Like that's like their, their upper hand that they get.
1: Oh yeah, but I'm just saying that still there there's a <laughs> lot of uh even though, like, uh, you know, I was saying, like, I wasn't too sold on the creatures, there were moments where I was just like, oh, like, when like they would do things, and you're just like, oh, man, like, I don't know, you're just like sitting there going, like, I, I, I was just having a good time watching them get punched, or like, the yeah. one where they killed it, and he's just like, let's see if it has a pulse, Let, let's check its pulse, and then they just like blow it up some more, and he's like, no pulse, and they walk away.
0: There, there there are some things too that are like that are that are in, in concept they're stupid as hell, but they're still badass like the oh yeah scene, the scene where like they're they uh the uh, gypsy danger is uh double fisting shipping containers and using that as like <laughs> yeah. brass knuckles even though it doesn't make sense because it's already a robot hand like. Like yeah, like, like,
1: why does he need, like, stupid little containers?
0: Yeah, like, the, the whole point of brass knuckles is that your hand itself is soft and uh, easily damageable, and it's not, like, you're going to do as much damage to your hand as somebody's face when you punch them, but you put brass knuckles on, and now you're, like, increasing the damage you can do. If you're gripping shipping containers with a giant metal hand, all you're really doing is still hitting them with that metal hand. <laughs> like, there's nothing on the outside of that yeah, metal Yeah, they hand. really
1: needed to put some alcohol miniatures on... <laughs> On their big robot hands.
0: They just break off, like, the Duff Beer Tower. <laughs> and he just, like, tapes it on his hands. <laughs>
1: uh, then they would have, uh... But, yeah, but then you just, like... Because in the, in the context of the trailer, it's all it all just looks like, you know, it's all... And you just, like, see, like, cut-up images of all the fights. But, like, when you see the fights actually go down the way that they do... Um... And like you know, like you know they're coming too. But you, I, I sat there just going like, "Oh yeah, now they're in space." And like he has a sword, and like he killed it, and like they're falling back, and like I don't know. It was just like it was so cool. I like the I like the sword bit at the end when in the when they were uh, by the portal, and he just like totally like splits that one sea monster in half, and just like, uh yeah, yeah, like you're done. Yeah, i will say i will say though my other complaint was when he dropped the payload into uh kaiju world or whatever <laughs> yeah
0: um like, come Central. on dude
1: we could have we could have used like a "fuck you sally or something like
0: yeah apparently like we... garamo doesn't want uh, to use <laughs> bad words uh
1: i i was expecting that kind of a moment
0: there, there was there was a scene oh never mind I'm thinking of Sharknado. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's a scene in that movie where like somebody like it sounds like they're swearing, but like they kind of don't swear, but like it's the same it ends in the same syllables as a swear right before they die. Sorry, it was just I had confused two things for a second. Um anyways, back to a film that's actually good. Um
1: I did like Ron Perlman coming out of the monster at the end though, mid credits.
0: Yeah. That was that was kind of funny. Where's my shoe? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, go, going back to some some more things that I want to talk about in spoiler sections, uh, there are a couple things that uh, I was, like, expecting to be happening that ended up not happening that, uh, like, it I didn't, like, disappoint me or anything, but just a few things that I wanted to talk about. And I, I wanted to hear if you were kind of, like, on the same page as I was or if you just didn't even care. But, um, first of all, Idris Elba with his character um, – we you know there's a couple times in the film where uh especially they they straight out say it um one of the two things that our our our, our hero and Idris Silva have in common is that they've both they're they're the only two known people who have ever piloted like successfully piloted for a duration of time a Jaeger alone without a secondary person in the suit um and over the course of the film we start to realize that Idris Silva is sick like he uh has some kind of problem and eventually it turns out that you know he was one of the first jaeger pilots or in the first uh you know the mark one jaeger group and they weren't radiation shielded i guess from i mean i i don't know if they meant that like it literally had a nuclear core but there was no radiation shielding i don't know how they would miss that but either way the reason he's sick is because he's being poisoned by or he was at one point poisoned by the radiation from the Jaeger that he piloted. Um, I did not expect that when cuz he was just bleeding out of his nose repeatedly and I didn't know what that was. I thought we were going to have some kind of crazy badass moment where like at you know cuz at the end he gets in the in the um, in the Australian Jaeger to go out and fight. Right. I thought I thought they were going to like Everybody's getting ready and he's like, "Oh, yeah. Wait, why are you dressed up?" and he was going to unveil like some even more badass Jaeger that he pilots alone that like <laughs> the reason he was sick is because he has been like practicing and piloting like it's almost like a I only bring it out in a last resort kind of thing and he was going to like join the group with his own super badass Jaeger that was going to be like insane. Um I don't cuz I mean his character was badass like I mean you got to give him that. Like he was just Oh yeah. hardcore. Like he um
1: dude don't you don't touch him no yeah yeah
0: <laughs> number one don't touch me again number, number two, two don't touch me again don't touch me again um actually that could have been the good fu spot right there he's like number three f- off <laughs> <laughs> that
1: would have been pretty good
0: um but anyways like i was I,
1: expecting I, something like that at
0: one point yeah but but i totally expected like that was going to be the big uh reveal. Um, and also before I got to the moment where I had decided that's what it was going to be I thought he was actually going to ground um, Mako or whatever her name was and uh, he I thought maybe he was going to pilot with our hero because you know obviously they have their relationship of working together um, yeah and, and then I, at the
1: end he would have stayed behind and self-destructed because he's dying
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I figured that's kind of where they were going and then they didn't go with that uh uh, similarly, actually, nah, Ma- dude, he had to
1: take down the sun. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Uh but but with uh, Mako's character too, like, obviously, the whole idea of why they can drift together is because they both got the hots for each other. I guess that's sort of. Uh,
1: yeah, they're compatible that way. I guess
0: they can drift in the loins. They can drift in the brain too. Uh, yeah. So I, I guess that's the idea. But I I thought where the angle they were going to take was going to be that. Obviously, um, our hero, Guy, uh, he loses his brother at the beginning of the film in that first crazy Jaeger battle that I was talking about earlier. And I was thinking that Mako was going to lose her family in that early fight um, when she was like a little kid, and that their drift compatibility was going to be predicated on them both losing somebody really close to them. Mm, Um, Yeah. And it was weird that, like... When they both have that, when they have the sync up issue, where they where where the, the drift breaks in the middle of that scene, when the the one ship is got, kind of going crazy, um, I, I was like, oh, cool, this is where we're gonna find out that like she lost somebody too, and that's why they're so compatible. And then it turned out that like no, she didn't lose anybody. She discovered Idris Elba as her like knight in shining armor. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of
1: yep. Knight in shining jaeger.
0: Yeah, knight in shining jaeger. And even and I guess in that moment, he had. Did he fight that that fight by himself? Because I didn't see another pilot get out of the the cockpit. Yeah, down. that
1: that had to have been when he was.
0: Yeah, because he was piloting it,
1: yeah, piloting it. So yeah, he must have been doing it solo.
0: Yeah, so it, it just seemed weird, um, why that that uh, that turned out to be the story instead? Because I think it would be stronger if their connection was both having lost somebody. Because. A, they can empathize with the, with each other's loss, um, which w- which would theoretically allow them to drift better together, um, as opposed to it just being like, "Yeah, we both look up to this guy who rescued you and taught me how to fight until I lost my brother." Like, well, it, I
1: mean, it's also pretty evident that she had to have lost some family members in that in that city scene because yeah, she's wandering around the city by herself, yeah, and is. she's lost and confused and. Idris is the one who, uh, you know, takes her under his wing and raises her, essentially. So, yeah. uh, I'd say it's safe to say that she's lost her family. Uh, that's never fully said, but...
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, she definitely was. I mean, I mean in, in a strange world, she could have been an orphan already or something weird like that. But no, I mean... Yeah, she definitely but they was. never
1: come out and say, you know, what she was.
0: Yeah, but they never th- those two characters never bond over the loss of somebody close to them, which I thought would be a good a good lend in to, to why they were so compatible. And th- and that being said, I, I did enjoy the relationships in the film that allowed the people to be um, compatible. Like obviously you have the father and son, you have the weird Russian people <laughs> that I'm yeah. guessing are just really love Mother Russia. <laughs> <And> then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you then you have I mean?
1: like the the triplets or the, the trio of asian guys
0: yeah um like uh, i i thought their their pairings and why they they drifted were um were definitely interesting so
1: and i guess that's why idris ended up going with the sun uh instead of just being like you know hey mako you're on the ground i'm flying this
0: well, that, with that... uh
1: with my with my boy hunum or whatever
0: Uh, That was weird, though, too. Like, the way they explain how he could just drift for this, like, I just assumed it was going to be like, well, I've been in command with them so long, so we have this authoritative relationship, so we should be able to drift together. But his explanation was like, oh, I literally drift with a blank slate, and uh, I'll drift with you. (laughs) Yeah,
1: dude, that was pretty badass, though.
0: (laughs) It's it's badass, but it kind of doesn't make sense also. Like, the whole idea, like, the drift is explained as two... Human pilots mind-melding memories together with the body of a machine. So if he's like, I'm so badass, I just walk in with nothingness.
1: Dude, fear is a choice, okay? <laughs> Will Smith told me that.
0: <laughs> Oddly enough, they do call the pilots Rangers.
1: Yes. You disobey that order.
0: <laughs> you wouldn't give any other Jaeger Ranger that order.
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, essentially, Idris Elba was Will Smith, but, like, way more badass. Him just saying, like, I don't go down the
0: drift. <laughs> i carry nothing into the drift. Yeah. Don't touch me. <laughs> I will say I was totally wrapped up in, like, it, it, it's very, very anime style, but I, I was wrapped up in the idea that, like, the, the little Asian girl who really wants to be a Jaeger pilot and is totally qualified, but she can't be because she's not allowed to – and just the idea that, like, he comes in and immediately is like, well, she's qualified. Why can't she beat me, my pilot? And then she's like, oh, please, please. And then, like, she's not allowed to be. Like, I, I was totally sucked in by that. I thought it was hilarious.
1: That that was pretty good. Yeah. I, you know, the movie, I think, maybe almost would have benefited from a little more of that uh, anime uh, Scott Pilgrim esque <laughs> style. <laughs> um that would have made things that that's the weird that's the full-on gonzo version that would include uh you know that would be in line with all the other stuff that that i talked about like with charlie day and everything
0: yeah also speaking of charlie day and our friend ron perlman Like, I think one of the most interesting things in the film, which I was kind of sad didn't get uh, expanded upon, is the fact that Ron Perlman has drifted with uh, a kaiju brain, or attempted to at least. Like, that reveal was kind of a big deal because, like, he has some sort of knowledge based on that that he hasn't been sharing with people, and, like, there's something... I don't know, it's almost like there's there's more story there that I would like to know um that we don't know because Didn't he say
1: something it. about the ammonia or something? That's cool. what was causing him like to not fully uh like tap into Well no, he was saying, into it.
0: he was saying the ammonia is why that secondary brain of the kaiju isn't worth anything on the market because it's Oh right, it's not okay. Good anything. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, it's just one of those things where your your brain—it's too much cere- cerebral energy to allow you to drift. So like, he has to wear the glasses because his eyes all jacked up. Charlie Day had a similar issue, but he was trying to interact with a partially dead kaiju brain. Like it was hadn't been preserved. Presumably, yeah. Ron Perlman's character um, had like taken a fairly fresh piece of the kaiju brain and tried to meld with it. Um, yeah and it didn't work out too well with him but but like he brings up the point that like look when you you know when two pilots drift that's literally a two way uh street so if you drifted with a kaiju brain then that was two ways too like they know they got stuff from your brain also so like there's there's just information there which is uh um potentially useful i mean like you could argue like like, why do they keep attacking the same area when they when they keep respawning? Um, like, yeah. well, Ron Perlman did did uh, mind meld with it, so it it knows where he is theoretically, because they explained that it kind of sort of seems to know where Charlie Day is. Um, yeah. So there's definitely some really cool ideas there, which that's probably one of the most original things that this film brings to the table that didn't feel like a complete homage of something that's pre-existed. So I kind of wish there was more discussed about that, but obviously they didn't have time because there's too much badass machine stomping and smashing going on.
1: Right. And if they make a second one, then I'm sure they'll expand upon some of these ideas more.
0: Yeah. And, and so I mean, obviously at the end of this film, they close the bridge. Um, There's no way to uh, cross theoretically back and forth, but there's another big uh hollywood blockbuster out there that involves a bridge the rainbow bridge in thor and even though they destroyed that bridge in the first thor uh we have a second thor where he uses the bridge to travel to pick up natalie portman so we already i mean clearly they could build another bridge that's all i'm saying
1: Oh, obviously yeah
0: yeah so there you go um did you have anything uh spoilery that you wanted to bring up
1: Uh, no, I don't, I, I can't think of anything else other than like, you know, the little bits and scenes that I was talking about, funny moments and stuff, but no, nothing
0: plot wise. You know, the one funny moment I didn't really care for is when he, uh, when Gypsy Danger punches the little like, (laughs) like, I was like, what the hell?
1: I enjoyed that.
0: That felt like a Michael Bay moment to me.
1: Nah, I don't think. So. Like, nah, you no, know, dude, if it was a Michael Bay moment, he would have punched the bra off a of, like Victoria's Secret model or something, or a midget. I don't know.
0: I wouldn't have a problem with the first one. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like you know, like in in, in like every uh, every one of the Transformers movies, there's always like robots that go through a wall while like some dudes like eating food with chopsticks. And, like, doesn't yeah. notice that it happens. Like,
1: Someone's taking a dump or something.
0: Yeah, like, it felt like a moment like that.
1: I, I don't know,
0: dude. Maybe. All right, well. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> but, yeah, that's all I have to talk about. I think I've been through all my notes that I had, and I think we basically hit everything that I was thinking of, so I got nothing left.
1: All right. See you later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep. I'm going to fade up the music right now, and... uh Yeah, if anybody stuck with us, thank you for listening.